Last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes landed in a new world. This new place seemed to be free from the tyranny of the sun. They discovered a humble village named Glossop, which was under siege from monsters of fire that they the locals call the Firestalkers. After reuniting, Cleric Jonathan Bailey, Halfling Bard Halfnot, a Seaweed the Ranger, and her new pet, a canary named Luthias, Kadim the Fighter turned Aspiring Paladin, Varian the Druid, and Mivi the Dwarven Eldridge Knight and Servant of Draroth, beat down an Afridi named Dilvish, who had brought the Firestalkers into this territory. As they surveyed the ruined, scorched lands, today's scene opens with a less dangerous encounter. Season 2, Episode 2, A Need for Heroes. You guys find yourself standing in, a, in the charred out fields. The flaming portal slams shut. The remaining fire stalker uh, self-detonates. Half not invariant. You see, clearly recognize as two invisible creatures. They are moving quickly towards you. One of them breaks away from the other, breaks invisibility, and runs towards Cleric John. Uh, it is the elf that you recognize as Liddell Tagorn. She runs towards Cleric John, and she runs at you and just jumps up and embraces you. Oh, I was so worried. I'm, you were so brave. And, and, she, uh, and she like hugs you and then sort of steps back a little bit awkwardly. Appearing behind her is another male elf that none of you have seen before, from invisibility. And he sort of pulls Liddell's uh, shoulder and pulls her back. He says, now Liddell, a uh, little more manners. Let's, uh, let's hold ourselves together, please. And he, holds her, and he sort of holds her back. Um, and he looks at you and he looks over the group and his eyes sort of fall on you, Varian. And he says, um, Master Indigenous, may I ask your house and rank? Uh, Varian, hair of crime, person. He just gives you like this squint face. Like you can tell he's working hard to process whatever it is you just said. Um, he nods. Uh, is Herrick Prime on the southern peninsula or somewhere farther north? Across the desert? Uh, I'm not familiar with this place. This is all the known world. Standing on it, basically. He looks around. He seems to be doubting himself. Liddell says, Oh, uh, I, I, I met some of these people before. I have not met, uh, Master Varian. She, she sort of, uh, looks at you and stands up on her tippy toes and then sort of, like, eyeballs you as she leans in and then, like, uh, walks towards you sort of tentatively. Herrick Prime? Who is Herrick? Oh, legend says he created the world. Tamuns is the one and only creator of all things. Perhaps that is another name for Herrick. The, Sounds uh, heretic to me. He has beautiful robes, um, and uh, they sort of doesn't look very druidic. <clears throat> These robes smack of arcane magic. Bows deeply, he says, It is my honor, my lord, he says. Uh, and he passes his arm. As he bows, his arm sort of sweeps past you. And you can roll a perception check. That's okay. a natural 20. 23. You see him swipe his hand as he sort of does this deep bow. He's casting a spell. Quick draw. Hey, hey. With a natural 20, you've seen this spell before. It was cast once by another wood elf, a powerful wood elf. On Jennifer? On Jennifer. The heritage spell? Yes. Oh, uh. it's that spell. I sheathe my sword again. Carry on. He nods at you and carries on. He steps back, puts his hands together, and lowers his head, and then he, he pulls Liddell back with him. Zay. And pushes her to the ground to one knee and then drops to one knee beside her. Zay. 
That is unnecessary. What did your spell tell you, my friend? Why, you are one of the chosen. The... those with the blood of the Creator. Oddly enough, this doesn't come as that much of a surprise to Jonathan because he's been praying to his god quite frequently, and he feels that you are a large reason that he has been drawn to this place. Hmm. I gesture for both of them. Please, please stand. Liddell quickly jumps up and says, Oh, it is such an honor, sir. Her brother tries to pull her down, but she's like slips out of his grasp, dances up to you and says, um, so tell me, what is Herrick Prime? Tell me, where, where is that? Can I go? I guess you call it something else, but uh, Herrick Prime is the world. Correct. The only one I've ever known. Well, Herrick was the one who created our world. As Liddell is sort of talking to Kadim and Varian, and the others are sort of watching that conversation, quietly circles around the group and approaches you, puts his hand, his arm around your shoulder, and says to you, I saw what you did back there. That was quite amazing. Uh, I haven't seen such talent from such a, a young gentleman in, in quite a while. He says, it's really a, it's, it's, it's quite a pleasure to meet you, son. A couple of simple tricks. A man, a young man of your age with such talent really should be cultivating that talent in a proper environment. He, he sort of guides you away. And as he does, he sort of, he pulls a, he pulls a, a scroll out of his pocket. My name is Rythorn Tagorn, and I'm a representative of a of a important university uh, nearby. And I would I think that you are a perfect candidate for our university. And he sort of slides you that flyer we talked about. He writes on the back of it. He says VIP admittance, uh, including all accompanying. And then he signs his name and hands it to you. He says. If you go to Sijim University, I, I, I think you'll like what you find. You'll find that opportunities for humans there are far, far better than anywhere else in this realm. Well, thank you, kind sir. I've just been traveling with these fine folks, relying on them for protection. Um, but it would be nice to learn a few things. He says, yes, I believe you are a wonderful candidate for our university, and, and your friends would be welcome to accompany you there uh, to keep you safe. Well, I'm sure the Chosen is welcome anywhere. Of course, of course. He looks over his shoulder at the Chosen sort of furtively and looks back at you. What does furtively mean again? Oh, Master Varian, why would you wear such dirty clothes? Please, come come to come to uh, Tagorn Orchard. We can get you something much, much more suiting of a man of your stature. They are that sounds quite amazing. comfortable, uh, and I'm used to Well, I'm sure comfort and fashion can blend together, yes? Yes, of course! Yeah, let's go to the place. Come on. Keep, keep in mind our need to travel a little bit under the radar. Yes, for uh, the most part, the places where we've been, it does not bear to uh, stand out much. Oh, very wise, very wise. Oh, she, she, she seems very delighted with that response. But you still must come to our orchard and meet my father. Meet our father. She eyes back at her brother, who seems to be a little bit miffed with, perhaps. <laughs> uh, who is your father? Ardell Tagorn. He is the master of uh, the Tagorn Orchard and, and uh, the, the wellspring of light uh, for Glossop, our, 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 our blessed village. Yeah, I think we should... Uh... He was, he was very pleasant. We met him uh, yesterday or the day before. Very pleasant man. Half-Knot and, uh, and, uh, and, and Mr. Master Mivy and Claire, Claire John's very familiar. Uh, Claire John is very familiar with me charging at their doorway. They mm-hmm. may not welcome me with open arms over there. Oh, uh, no worries. Uh, if you travel with Master Varian, oh, yeah. there'll be no issue. Fancy blood right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why fancy blood needs to pants. <laughs> Varian is consistently mildly uncomfortable with being the chosen revered one. It's pretty clear that um, it's it's pretty clear to you, even with an eleven insight, that he notices that you're uncomfortable and is trying to like sort of ingratiate himself with your friends more so than you now. 
the uh, the older brother, while the the younger one seems oblivious to your discomfort uh, and 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 basically just you know uh, starstruck. Eric John says, "I have um, been considering many things recently." As he pulls out a scroll out of his pack <laughs> and shows to the party. <laughs> no. See, wait, I thought no. This is this is a no. map of the local area. If you're watching at home, feel free to go to the website and see the <laughs> see the map there. Oh my god, Vesuvius uh, is up north of us. We're in Gloss. We're we're a little bit north of Glossop in the woods. We have no idea where the Firestalkers are coming from, but they seem to be around in this area. In Vesuvius, the Knights of Vesuvius, the Dwarven Knights, uh, they were supposed to be here a long time ago to set to, for help and aid in destroying these Firestalkers. We might want to venture there to uh, investigate why they haven't shown up. Um, I did hear Lord Vesuvius say something very uh, uncharacteristic of himself right before these Firestalkers started showing up. He criticized Sijam University, uh, saying they weren't to be trusted. And I don't know why. I heard a very trustworthy word, but it was very uh, quiet rumor. Right after his criticism of the university, we started seeing the Firestalkers show up. So I think they may bear investigation. Well, let's see what this uh, Ardell has to say. As far as my experience, which is limited, uh, he seems to be a fair and honest man. His daughter is obviously very good folk, uh, healing and, and, and being a steward of the earth. I would like to message Rythorn. Is there any reason I shouldn't mention the university to the rest of this crew, including your sister? There's no secrets in my family. However, there is a bounty on the head of agents of Sidonia here in the lands of Vesuvia. None who live in our town would be willing or able to collect such bounty. And the Knights mm -hmm. have proven unable to appear. However, I do prefer to stay under the radar. Half-Knot pulls out and unfurls a flyer with a nice little flourish. It basically outlines what Sidgum University is. It says uh, it is a magical univer uh, university of magic that uh, teaches people the arcane arts. It, uh, they have just eliminated the southern the, the Firestalkers from the southern peninsula, and Half-Knot is pointing at that. Look at this. It says that they won against them, or drove them off. Interesting. Or they're in control of them, and can make them run away when they please. Uh, I would suggest, I don't know where exactly this university is, uh, but I would suggest that perhaps we go there. It's, it's weeks travel by boat, even longer by land if you want to hug the coast. Ooh, that's difficult. Uh, is there any quick travel around here? I could arrange a boat. I have. Uh, I am familiar with an indigenous family along the ocean. He nods towards you, towards a, a variant. Uh, imagine you'd be well received there. I haven't been on a boat in quite some time since I was a smaller boy. I mean, humans. Uh, the, the, the elf who's walking with you quietly as you guys chat about your plans and ideas. Um, he, he says, I, I do know of a town to the west of here known as Whiteport. Whiteport. Uh, close uh, family of indigenous folk who can uh, provide you with the highest quality boat. Well, he, would this be dangerous? He looks over at you, he says, well, Sir, I have held my tongue thus far out deference to Master Varian. However... You don't have to do that. Very good to know, sir. He looks at you, he says, What are you? <laughs> <laughs> are you a knight or aren't you? <laughs> Half-knot doubles over in laughter. Can I answer this man? 
Yeah, go for it. I assure you he's right. not a knight of Vesuvius. <laughs> uh, no, not a knight of Vesuvius. Uh, I'm just a, a member of this this uh, company here. I'm afraid, sir, he turns to you, Varian. This gentleman is not what he appears to be. <laughs> How so? What do I appear to be? That's a good question. I'm interested, too. He appears to be a knight who has gone rogue. I don't think that so. That much may be true. However, the dyed hair? Seriously? <laughs> he, just seems, he seems confused by this. He's like, red hair? Why would you worry about... How do you even do that? Well, you have a spell? Right, though, with all due respect, he was born this way. I'm he a... must be from a faraway land, indeed. Indeed. I said many strange alien elements of this one. <laughs> it's not just his appearance. It's his aura as well. Yes. I knew I would find an ally here with the good cleric he, do- he nods to you respectfully. Right, uh, I have to say, from what, I, from what we're learning of this place, I don't know that any of our answers about who we are or where we come from are going to make any amount of sense. I don't understand where we are, but I can assure you, he doesn't dye his hair. I mean, it just comes out like that. We've been hanging out for a while. Do be careful how you speak on me travel with quite a motley crew, but it's not even any of these things that truly, genuinely worry me about. He says, and he puts his arm around you in a sort of condescending way, he's way taller, and like, uh, he pulls you in and he says, and he sort of leans down in and he says, sniffs you a little bit. He says, I smell evil, powerful, world-threatening evil. Uh, well, it's a long story. Um, there might be a little bit of a hint of some Earth to, or, uh, of world-destroying uh, evil. I'm doing my best to contain it. Well, then we must expel it! There's only one way to handle demons. Exercise! Well, Rythorn, you have, your, you have a spell to check heritage, no? Why don't you check the heritage and see whether or not this is one of the dwarves you expect, or something that you truly don't understand. Sort of catches himself, puts mm-hmm. Liddell, like, sort of positions her behind him, and looks at you, waves his hand, like, in a dismissive way. He looks at you, he says, Odd. Not of demon heritage, for sure. We entered a realm that parallels this one after we left this realm, entering a realm that parallels this one. And when we came back, everything fucking changed. Like, there's no desert everywhere. It's not shining sun all the time. There's, like, plants and trees and if stuff. If you don't believe us, your sister witnessed John try and banish me to my, my realm, and I stayed here. It's true. I believe you are of this realm. He nods at you. They are definitely of this realm, at least this one. I believe that you are all of this realm, but it's truly odd. You have no history. You cannot see into your past. Interesting. I would like to probe deeper with my detect thoughts. He he beats the saving throw, but then he suddenly, even though he's been moving incredibly gracefully the entire time, trips on flat ground. He's like backing up, trying to. He's like got Liddell behind him, like arm barrier, and all of a sudden he just thump, trump, trumbles to the ground, and Liddell like looks down at him and starts giggling. Oh, Rythorn, are you okay? I approach him and help him up. He glowers at at at, at the half knot. Just cracking up. Uh, he looks. He looks. He's on the ground. He's got these beautiful robes now. They're all dirty, and he gets up and he's. I rush over, over and him. help him up, sir. <laughs> I should note that uh, we just met him in a dirty swamp a few days ago. Oh, his so. manners! My <laughs> goodness! He's shaking himself off. <laughs> you need a structured environment, my boy. These people provide no structure. We're not your parents. Provide your own damn structure. Poor little boy, and I bend down and I and I and I attempt to caress him in a very like you know fatherly way. With oh, my I totally hold your back. leg or whatever. 
Oh, poor boy. He hugs your leg and sort of wipes a couple Does a little fake sniffle. You won't have to have that lack of structure anymore. You're with Jonathan now. And my way is a great way of discipline and hardship and suffrage and sacrifice for the Lord Whoa. above. I'm rolling insight uh, roll. Oh, and I critically fail. So I have no idea that you're lying to me. As soon as the party starts walking again, he starts like holding Joe's hand. Jonathan starts feeling like a real connection with Half Knot and is now like really taking on the responsibilities of protecting this little boy. Okay. And, and not only that, but emotionally supporting him as well and encouraging him when he does well. <laughs> After walking through the scorched landscape for several hours, passing burned out farmhouses and blackened fields, our heroes emerge in the town of Glossop, a small and humble village centered around an, a grove of fruit and nut trees maintained by the Taghorn family. After entering Glossop, they quickly head to the, to the grove. And as you, as you approach the orchard, you enter the orchard, this place is immaculately well kept. It all feels like grove quality. Like, you know how a wizard has a small grove? This is an expansive orchard with that kind of power. Um, and you can tell that this must belong to an extraordinarily powerful druid. Jonathan knows how good apples are for growing boys. <laughs> and encourages you to take as many apples as you want. <laughs> but he keeps, he keeps ignoring your apple advice and taking oranges instead. <laughs> Head down this path through the orchard. It sort of winds a little bit through these, uh, some of these ancient trees. And you, uh, you find yourself looking at, at a small hill, the top of which is a, is a house-shaped tree. Is that how I would describe it? It's, a, it's about three stories tall, and it's sort of a blockish shape, a roundish shape. And at the top, there's just uh, there's some foliage, but it, it seems to cap off a, uh, and it's got windows and covered with flowers. Um, there is green grass all around, beautiful birds tweeting. It's a wonderful place. The weather is always sunny. Liddell sort of um, climbs you, uh, walks you around the house to the back where you see a, a druid grove, um, an extraordinarily powerful group, druid grove. And in the middle of, uh, of it, where it seems to be cleared out around him for about 60 feet, a white-haired ancient elderly druid just sitting there with his hands together and his eyes closed. So yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. Um, Liddell sort of skips in and takes your hand, Varian, and sort of pulls you towards the towards the center of the of the, of the grove. Rythorn pulls up short of entering the grove and, and watches Mivy. Uh, Papa, I've, I've brought a, a, a stranger, a powerful, a chosen one from a foreign land, she says. And she runs up and grabs his arm and like, sort of shakes him and like, he doesn't really move. And he sort of like opens it one eye sort of impatiently at her. Uh, and and she, he says, Please, daughter, I am too tired to deal with your silliness. Cleric John walks up in genuflex and he goes, Sire, there is a chosen here with us. He opens both eyes, takes a deep breath and sort of shakes off Liddell's hand off his shoulder, stands up. He says he's very tall, uh, six, seven-ish. And it looks, he, he looks very thick. Like his arms are, unnes are unusually thick, almost like a tree trunk. Um, the, uh, he has like a barkish appearance as he stands up. Oh, he's got like a constant bark skin yeah. on or something. And he, he stands up and he, he sort of looks right at you, Varian. Eyeballs you, nods See, are politely. You, are you the uh, master of this uh, grove? My name is Ardell Tagorn. It is a great pleasure. From what house do you hail, esteemed guest? 
I have no house. I come from the desert, and I belong to nature. From the west, perhaps. To be honest, it is difficult to say where I come from relative to here. We are uh, searching for someone who might be able to help us answer. So unlike Rythorn, who reacted incredulously, and Liddell, who was like, no, that's, that's, that's crazy, right? Um, he just sort of seems unfazed by this information. Um, and he says, If I can help in any way, please let me know, and you are welcome to stay here and meditate with me if you wish. I would like that very much. Um, Hurry is for the lesser races, my friend. <laughs> I give a little smile at that. Are there deserts to the west? You stand upon what we call the southern peninsula. To the east is water, and to the west an impassable desert. Half-Knot has been standing at the edge of the grove with Ragorn, but now does a few somersaults into the middle and lands in no quite boys. a flourish right in front of the old man. I reach out and try to catch him. You rush out in your clanky armor to sort of try to stop him, sort of uh, bear hug him. And I mean, you just totally whiff. You clank your arms together and he's like, so you appear right before him. He looks down at you and smiles. Little flourish bow. Thank you for your hospitality yet again. He looks at Barry and he says, Your entourage is most unusual. Uh, I suppose you could say it is, again, very difficult to describe the circumstances. I am familiar with the consequences of shape-changing. Half-Knot just does the little puss in boots with his hat. Our host permitting, uh, and I gesture to Ardell, um, stay a night here. I would uh, certainly like to explore the grove a little more. It would be my honor to host one of the chosen. You guys uh, rest up. Liddell approaches you after your long rest, and she comes up to you, Claire John. Lady Liddell. She nods at you very formally. She says, Claire John, I have a very important request of you, and I, I do hope you will take me seriously. And she seems to be like in her most formal mode. Yes, go on. I have beseeched my father, who has agreed that I can accompany Master Varian and yourself in this exploration and growth at the request of, she rolls her eyes, Rythorn as well. He has agreed. I would like to travel with you. I have no doubt that your brother's intentions are to perhaps enroll you in the school as well. She rolls her eyes. He's less subtle than he thinks. And this venture over the seas is no safer than the one by land to Vesuvius, covered with fire stalkers and evil demons from the other realms. Yes. I don't think this is wise at all, young lady. It is my wish to accompany you. We'll have to see what our chosen friend has decided. With light. Our lord of, our lord of the earth. Yes, sir. Yes, cleric. So yeah. she sort of rolls up on her on her toes and smiles at you and says, "Yes, cleric," and runs over to Varian. He who is one with the earth Varian, or the dirt. Varian, Liddell runs up to you after uh, uh, talking to Cleric Joe quietly for a moment, and she says, "Master Varian, it has been an absolute honor. I am in awe of your power, and I beseech you to allow me and learn your feet. Can you hold your own? It's every person's place to decide when they." Uh need to risk going out into the world, and uh, I imagine if it didn't happen now, it would happen at some other time. I can teach you what I can, but uh, we can't be saving you, risking the lives of uh, the other members of the parties. I, I think you'll find that I'm very good and I'm not afraid of blood, and, and, and I can heal. Could be useful, but if you, uh, if things ever get uh, too dicey, may need you to step out of the way just so that we're not trying yes, to... Yes, my uh, liege. Uh, I shall follow uh, the instructions of yourself and, and Claire John to the letter. 
On that basis, sure. I'm I'm fine with you coming along with the rest of it. Although again, I'm I'm not in charge. We're all sovereign people here. She she nods and and uh, follows you, Clerk John, around pretty closely. Mm. We load up on food from the orchard. I share any seeds that I have um, with them that they might. Want she is to use. curious about that, and she looks through them and she says, "Well, you have so many disgusting ones. Ah, uh, they're all beautiful in their own way." Oh, she scrunches her face at you and like like reaches over like so a mushroom chunk and around a piece of rotting moss and like pulls something out. Says, uh, "But the others, uh, Master, you must must." Uh, sometimes I wonder if you've been. Educated in the ways of etiquette at all. Etiquette? You s yeah. At first I thought you were joking. If you're going to be uh, learning the ways of the druid, uh, and our power comes from nature, I think you should learn to embrace all of its power, and not just the ones that smell or look pleasant. Yes, my dirty. Um, she seems to be taking this, this, this note mentally. You head to the west along a well-paved road. Off to both sides you see burned and singed things. I'm just having a theological discussion with Father John about Talmud and Herod. Oh, you mean Talmuds? Oh, the Talmuds. pronunciation is all important because the Talms <laughs> is the sound the earth makes when you listen with your mind open and your eyes closed. And I start to like Talms. <laughs> wow, you feel the earth sort of move a little bit. There's a little ripple, a little thaumaturgy. Yes. Sounds like a small, like, like little, rumble. yeah, like a, like a harmony even, like you see, hear more than one voice making that sound and this chant. Okay, I'll meditate with him then. I'll try okay. to do a little Moon's meditation chant. Alright, so you guys are breathing and doing the Talmud's chant for a while. Um, roll a wisdom check. I'm not doing shit. Natural 20. What? That's uh, a natural Instant 20. paladin! Yo. No shit. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> okay, so... You're in the you're 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 in the groove. You easily catch on as he's doing this this rhythmic chant and this breathing. You're catching on. You're long ago in his past life, Kadim's spiritual guide, a dwarf named Gunter, gave him a memory stone, a stone which gave him a connection to this ancient dwarf. Feeling feeling that stone begin to warm and sort of activate as you're doing this, and uh, so you pull it out and you look at it and you see that. It's glowing as you begin to connect with Tamun through this ritual. You feel that this was always connected to Tamun, but that it is something that a cleric or a paladin of Herak would. And I sense this object, no doubt, when it activates. Absolutely. Oh, it perks my interest, but I stay meditative. <laughs> and I will meditate on the stone. I won't really bring it up. Okay. <laughs> but you notice. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, and you're impressed that it, obviously Tamun's has has already faded chosen him, has already chosen him. <laughs> so you are like, yeah, of course, I'm also here for him. Yes, mm, yes. it's all making sense, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously your fate to help guide this path, as he is just seems to take to it immediately and has his own icon that he's already collected through the fate of Tamun's. Tamun's and Herrick, that that's they are one and the same. They are. You guys are traveling along the road here. It's basically just a, uh, a regular road. Most of this is burned out, but you see, do see some green farms, but the buildings seem abandoned in most cases. People seem to have left these lands, and they're barren and quite sad. After days of travel, they see a small homestead up ahead that looks to have been recently set, a set ablaze. Roaring fires up ahead on the road. It looks like a home is now ablaze, and the uh, small copse of trees that was around it is also ablaze. Mm. 
Any side of the fires, Doctor? Uh, yeah, you think you see movement off on the far side of, the, of this, uh, huge fire. And at the top of that hill is this nice little homestead and copse of trees now all ablaze. And they're sort of on the other side of the top of the hill. You do hear some shouts and panicky is screaming. They need our help! Let's go! And I start charging forward. Alright, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, let's roll initiative. As you guys, um, look towards the fire stalkers, Luthias, who was sitting on Asili's shoulder, and, and Asili suddenly turn invisible. You are looking up a little road past a flaming copse of trees in the midst of which is a cottage. You hear some screams up the road on, across the top of the hill on the way down along the road near the near the burning copse of trees and cottage. You see fire stalkers moving away from you. Oh, yeah, you is. see somebody moving inside. They seem to be on fire. All right, and uh, yeah, I'm spitting the healing word at him. A quintet of fire stalkers see our heroes and fly to greet them. Fly towards you like a like a hovering block of uh, hungry fire elements. Were they over top of us? Yes. I Father Jonathan Bealy. All right, Father. 10, 15 feet from you, above you. All of them. Yeah. Within they're, 15 they're feet. They're all just going to descend on you like a locust swarm. I cast Spiritual Guardian. Okay. Wait. All right. It's centered on myself. It's a 15-foot radius. Okay. It lasts for a minute. Anyone that stays in that radius that I do not deem worthy, excellent. Then they all take 17 damage. Woohoo! I will, again, viciously mock. You can't hold a candle to me, bitch. Ah, nice. Oh, okay. With potions of fire resistance and courage in their hearts, our heroes make quick work out of most of the stalkers, with Cleric John's blades of spiritual energy shredding them apart. Even as they die, a greater threat grows. Or the way those flame stalkers were killed, a, a, a sort of pulsing fire still burns, and you feel it growing. Uh, we should maybe get away from this. That's your... Crap. Pulsing fire that's growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one moved away. Exploding. No, everybody's right, right in it. Uh, who's next? Father, Father John. John. I turn around and I pick up the boy in one arm uh-huh. and Adele, Liddell in the other, uh-huh. and I start hauling back this way. Full. That's right. Full movement. Thirty feet. Okay. Uh, so you run away. Yeah. Grab the you grab the grab the children and run. Yes. <laughs> away from the delayed fire blast. Alright, so I reach into my bag of holding, mm-hmm. grab out all the water I can find, and just douse myself in water. An enormous, like, nuclear explosion fireball, boom, 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 goes off around Kadeem, and fire spreads out in, like, a mushroom cloud type thing, and just like, and you can tell it's going to overtake you in the next round. As Kadeem stands there amongst the flames, <laughs> and as the, the the mushroom dies down, his smoldering body stands there, looking around for more fire stalkers. As you and you guys see that the wave of flames is going to try to wash over you. Uh, twenty-three. There is, of course, screams coming from inside the house. Yeah. Um, but you also sense that that explosion was a little too powerful. Yeah. That did not happen last time. That did not happen last time. It seems like that was maybe something different. There is another being here or beings. I'm gonna see if I can run over to the burning house and help the seaweed. I step up 10 feet in this direction toward the house. I cast mass uh, heal word. Nine hit point. Alright, so as I'm standing here at the burning building, I show no fear. I'm, I'm get, I run in, dripping with water, ready to save these people and assess the situation. What do I see when I get in you there? You see two children who are on fire and screaming, and a, 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 a bigger figure who's trying to help them. I run towards the little children, 
and take my wet clothes and cloak and wrap it around them to kind of okay so you can get one that way he sort of just sort of just he's on the ground like rolling around and you like sort of scoop him up smother his flames we're gonna say that putting out fire is an action yes. you're fine i will w wriggle free from papa john <laughs> papa john that is, i like that, that is even better yeah. three invisible creatures above you in the road they seem to be clustered together i will cast strong warding wind all right so you post a, a, a wall of wind above so a wall of wind rushes over them and uh you see them struggling against it uh, I'm gonna throw a uh, hailstorm on top of them. 37 damage to each of them. Once again, an ice storm appears around nothing, and uh, wind and sweeping cold and all kinds of things are, are taking over these uh, invisible creatures. Boy, standing in front of them. With puppy dog eyes and wind at his back. Something very physical tackles you and pins you to the ground, and you feel it is a blaze, its very being, though well-muscled and invisible, is singeing you like a branding iron. Attack the young boy. All right, the young boy. You feel yourself just completely engulfed in flame uh, and wrapped up as a dillfish appears so close to you, so uncomfortably close that you take another 10 points of damage as he becomes visible and starts cackling at you. Cackling in your ear like a... a <laughs> And then he um, slam attacks. So Kadim's over there flailing away as, as, as Dilvish's laughter goes louder. <laughs> you were so clumsy. <laughs> so I set the one child down that I that that's not on fire anymore, mm -hmm. and I grab the other one in my cloak and try and smother her out. Hit him. That's an action, and you can do that. And both children are now out of uh, not on fire, but both huddled underneath your cloak. Okay. And what's the man doing? Uh, or the he seems to have fallen on the floor and stopped. Okay. So I'm going to tell them and to follow Squeezy or follow this giant snake out. You're you're safe now. I will save your father. As they start running towards the door. Yes, they're and Squeezy went out first to yeah. show them the way to safety. Right. Okay. I would like to polymorph into a giant ape. As you throw him off, turning into a uh, into a much larger creature, uh, flinging him off of you. As he, uh, as he curses madly in his, you know, incoherent way. Uh, while I'm on the ground, I'm gonna slip out uh, the torrid wand and do a chain lightning on the one in the center to bounce uh, to all three of them. Okay. So, dex, dex save. And I'm just kinda, I'm gonna smile real toothy-like at the guy on top of me and turn into a cave bear and just stand up on my feet even while I'm still grappled with it. And you break out of his uh, his grapple and send him sprawling. A uh, visible now. Three Efreet are here. Yeah. Is that 176? Oh yeah, he's been bad. You can see he's breathing hard, and his friends don't look great. And it's Father John's turn, and he turns to Dilvish and he says, "You spiteful demon beast, return to the hell which you came." Oh, well, that's gonna hit. That's probably it. I can never die. <laughs> So hey, damage. Look at the the man. Five, the, 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 uh, the the male larger figure seems to be uh, still. Uh, so I go over to him and kind of just assess if he's breathing or what. Roll seems a medicine. Special <laughs> med kit on him. Spreading this salt all over him uh, as his wounds begin to heal. He like he like shakes his head and like sort of wakes up groggily and looks at. Your children are safe. Come get up and let's get out of here. Tell me what it looks like as you thrash Dilvis the Pyro to death a second time by the <laughs> After taking massive damage from spells, Dilvish and his two Afrit buddies are on death's door, and it is time for our heroes to put on their 
finishing flourishes. The ape, the ape jumps in the air, lands behind him, snatches him by the ankles, twirls him around once, and then just baseball bats him into the other two streets, <laughs> roaring in glee. As his head pops off and his body disintegrates into dust. Just, I cut his Achilles hands and then cut off his head. Fuck it. Alright, so you come right up behind his, his legs as he's trying to fly over. You cut both tendons in, in, in the back of each leg. And as he sort of squeals over and hunches in pain, you just stab him right with his own momentum. And uh, he just dissipates into a pile of dust and golden bracers. Is there any animals or pets in the house? He says, yes, yes, there's, there's our beloved guinea pig. He's upstairs. Welcome. He's, He's upstairs in, in a wood case. Mr. McSqueak. <laughs> you must say fluffing McTooth. Is there anyone else in the house besides him? <laughs> no. Okay, you're gonna run out this way and, and go towards your children. They're out, they're safe with my snake. He'll he, he says yes, yes, and he starts trying to crawl away. He gets away from the uh, flaming couch this time, so he's not burning. He's uh, he's running outside. You hear screams from outside where the children were. My fist hits the top of his skull, and before he hits the ground, he's already ash. He just turns to ash as he's going into the ground. Looks like he just disappears. Yeah, no, I'm running toward the screaming. I can't okay. All right, so you get there. You see that the children, they had been sort of, uh, there was sort of a gap between the nearest burning and the house, but a huge uh, tree has fallen over and now has trapped the children as, uh, underneath a burning um, branch. Tweezy is also trapped under the burning branch. No! The poor, hapless father can't get out of his own way as he once again trips, crashes into the burning door frame and falling in a pitiful way. And catches himself on fire again and collapses into the door frame. The children go silent as they have screams of, of uh, curdling uh, screams as their flames take their uh, breath from their lungs. Father Johnny runs into the flames. And run up the stairs towards where he told me the... All right, you see the stairs there. Why do they blaze? You'll need a deck save. Even though your cloak is keeping the, the, the fire off of you, you're still getting that heat. You make it up to the top of the stairs, you look around, you see a small wooden cage that's on fire and a squealing little guinea pig. As I hear that and see that, my, my <laughs> tears start going down my eyes and I get really panicked. I am going to run towards the cage and see if I can. Alright, then let's, let's do it. Uh, an acrobatics check. 21 ish. 21 ish. You roll through the flames as you see the cage is starting to fall apart and crackle under the weight of the flames, and you just punch your hand through the crackling, breaking cage, scoop up the, uh, the, the, the little guy as he's, as he's squealing his last little whimpery squeal, squeeze him, put out the flame, and roll uh, off to the side. 18. Yeah, you know what? There's some sort of flaming thing down this road, like a rift. It seems to be like opening. Oh, good. My bearishness, um, grab the tree and just like shift it off of the kids. 24. Oh man, with Kadeem's help, he sort of gets you, gets you the right leverage. You're able to, to break the branch and it snaps and pops and uh, leaves uh, exposed a, a living snake and two burning ch children's bodies. <laughs> Hello, children. <laughs> <laughs> That's not frightening. <laughs> You're safe now. <laughs> You're two hit points and they're hovered together, huddled together there on top of the snake. I'm like, Mithy, get the kids! I run over to the dead, yeah. I put him out with my action, then pick him up and I start to use the rest of my movement to start running back towards the... Uh... Alright, roll your athletics check, see how far you can get. Oh, that's oh. a 29? Yeah, you're able to get your full movement easy. Okay. Yeah, as you've got the dead, you you put him out, and you're able to, you're able to drag... Uh, he's a pretty light dude. 
and you're able to get him halfway out of here. And okay. you're protected. I'm gonna run over to the kids, mm-hmm. uh, drop my weapon so I can use both hands. Right. Um, grab the kids, like one by one, by the legs, mm-hmm. and see if I can just pull them out of there. Safety. You try to get them on your back, but you end up like struggling and carrying them both this way, like it rolled together like a taco. Oh! oh I was hoping it would have been two twenties. Twelve damage, as you are now completely on fire. You tried to duck under a branch and you mistimed it, and it broke and fell upon your back. You're able to shield the children with your own body, but you are now on fire, which means you're taking damage, so you put it out. I stop by Kadim and I cast Spare the Dying on the dying man. Okay. A trip, so he's stabilized at zero. So he took his two death saves last round, but it's now okay. And then I use the remaining 20 feet to keep running out of the woods toward the rift. I, t- I tell Mr. 213, you're gonna be okay, you're safe now. And then I put him in so I have freedom of movement. I have a little coin or pouch that I stick him in on my, okay. uh, on my belt. Yeah. So I tell him, because I still have to speak with animals, so I can communicate to him and tell him he's safe. Run away, run away! We're getting out of here. And then I, for my action, I'm going to reach into my bag, search for any last drop of water I have, and re-wet my cloak and get me all wet. I'm going to say with all the I notice a window that I didn't notice before yep. when I realize I'm out of water. Yeah. And I look at the stairs, and I look at the window, and I look at the stairs, and I look at the window. Stairs is prolonged at least two rounds you're going to be in the fire. At the window that's just this round. Yeah, so I, I go towards the window. Alright. Um, and then I run towards the window and break the glass. I'm gonna just jump down. You jump down. Alright, so first roll an acrobatics check. Parkour this shit. Yes! Oh, roll 20. Alright, so... I was like, I was just not to squish it or So something. there's like, okay, so the, the, the window frame is like a, it's like a, it's like two and a half feet by two and a half feet, and it's roaring ablaze. There's a sliver about eight inches wide, uh, where there is no flames, and you like, dovetail your 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 flip out of the window uh, just to fit right through that gap and you land and you flip outside and land on your feet uh, poised to run through the forest in a place where there is no flame. Nick Tootherton is fine. Okay. Uh, so you hear him say to you, you go girl <laughs> oh at twenty-four for perception. To catch a glimpse through the uh, through the rift, you see a world engulfed in flames and in that world there is 12, 14, an, an army amassing that's ready to come through the rift. Is there like a giant tree trunk? Yeah, there is. I would like to pick it up, run over to the portal, and smash the portal with it. You take six fire damage as you grab a burning tree trunk. 36 damage. Okay, so uh, you see a fire elemental appear through the portal with another face right behind it. As they sort of squish their way through, you just T-ball those fools. The T straight back into the hell from whence they came. Like, uh, and your golf stroke is impeccable. As they, as they, uh, uh, they just, their two heads go pop, pop, and they just go flying back into the, uh, rift. I just tee up for my next swing right next to the portal. <laughs> I have maybe a little more idea for some. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run toward the whooping crackling and breaking trees and then the roof is beginning to collapse on this building and you're getting the sense that everything's going to be falling here soon. Anyone who can do it, just dispel that fucking portal. I raise my shield in the air and I say, in the name of Damun's be gone, demon! And I uh, dispel magic on the uh, portal. portal. And roll. 18. Eight. Yeah. Eighth level spell. An eighth level spell. You dispel the the rift and it, it, it sort of zips up and disappears. The ape just looks back yeah, at you, holding a burning tree. Took away my toy! Yes. And uh, you guys reunite there, badly damaged. Go over towards the kids and tell them that I saved their pet. 
Oh, and they're so grateful, and they pet Fluffy and McToothed and, and give him to them. And, and, to and one of them is just like crying, and the other one is just like petting and sniffing. And then, and before my thingy wears off, I ask them if Mr. Toothertons has anything to say to them. Feed me more often. Your guinea pig has one request: that he'd like more food. So you can feed him more often. Don't forget to feed him. Like they're sniffling through their tears, just nodding at you. <laughs> yes, yes, kind lady. Uh, sort of sniffle and pet their pet and uh, their dad comes over and like they all sort of huddle together and with that our heroes save the day for innocent civilians caught up in this senseless violence perpetrated by Dilfish and his fire minions join us next time on Oppressed by Sun as our heroes venture to the city of Whiteport to see if they can find passage to Sijim University and find allies in their war against the fire elementals I have completed the long-promised uh, revamping of the website, and I invite you to come check out the maps and new PDFs and pictures and monster stat blocks and everything else that uh, can add some depth and interest to the game. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.